It was just an hour ago that the incident took place. We have just learned that Father Huber, one of the two priests called into the room, has administered the last sacrament of the church to President Kennedy.
morelikeradio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking on a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume. Awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid. Weird funny. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol by volume. Alcohol by volume. I no, shove don't. alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Like a barf, drunkie! Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It is Tuesday, September 24th, 2013. And you are listening to me live, unless you're listening via podcast, on morelikeradio.com. If you are not in the chat, come on and join in, morelikeradio.com slash live. Hey, Cornex, I see you there in the chat. If uh, anybody wants to Skype in, the Skype name is Alcohol by Volume, all one word. And uh, the phone number, 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Of course, check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. And, and, and you can like the new Alcohol by Volume Facebook page, which is different from the group. So you just, uh, you know, click on the like button for it, I suppose. Facebook.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. The page itself is going to be more of a direct companion to the show with links to the stories discussed on the show um, and stuff like that. The group will probably be more free-flowing. You know, we can still, like, post memes and shit in there. Uh, And, of course, last bit of promotion. Download all the great shows from More Like Radio on iTunes. Just look up More Like Radio or morelikeradio.com slash downloads. And also on morelikeradio.org. So you could uh, check out some of the, the shows that were on earlier today, like Antisocial Gamer Radio, Ham Radio, uh, Old School Wrestling Review, uh, amongst the many, 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 many other shows. Um, and then finally, last bit of promotion, the Alcohol by Volume Beer Tasting List, the open spreadsheet at tinyurl.com slash tasting. I actually added a shitload of stuff in there over the weekend, uh, included the stuff that, um, included the stuff that Mitch, uh, sent me in the beer trade. And you know what? Um, hold on a second. <laughs> um, so you can add stuff, open spreadsheet, whatever beers you like, whatever beers you don't like, add them in there to the spreadsheet. It's pretty self-explanatory, but you know. Show us what you like. And, of course, give another little bit of uh, promotion uh, to our to our, to our our good friend, Mitch, 
giving him a little shout out. Uh, give, give a like to Heil Photography on Facebook, H-E-I-L Photography, and HeilPhoto.com because he needs work. And he wants to take pictures of beer because he likes to take, he likes to drink the beer after taking its picture, according to Mitch in the chat. So go check that out. Uh, honestly, it, it, Mitch does some fantastic work. I don't know. Um, I, I'm trying to remember if, I, I think actually he did after the, uh, after the beer trade, he did a picture of, I think it was the McCausland's oatmeal stout and uh, posted that in the group and the, photo just made the beer look that much more delicious so it, check him out you know he does good shit really i'm not i'm not even fucking with you here mitch is a good guy even though he doesn't like to hear that because it's all soft and sappy or whatever i don't fucking know after after the fucking two days this week i've had and then bullshit last yeah whatever so plus i'm a little scattered because i just finished watching sunday's episode of breaking bad and holy fucking shit and then of course because my wife did not remember the scene at the very beginning of the season in the denny's uh i had to go back and play that for her and she's like oh holy shit uh uh and um that scene actually we had completely forgotten that it featured jim beaver who plays bobby singer on supernatural so but um I, that that seems to be one of those scenes that kind of got forgotten in the midst of Hello Carol, huh? but um, yeah. And then after the show, I'm gonna watch Dexter, and I I probably shouldn't have said anything because somebody's probably gonna post some stupid spoiler, and I hope you guys don't, but I know you will anyway. God damn it! What the fuck? So a couple new beer, yeah, new beers I got this week. I got Abita's Fall Fest Seasonal. Uh, which I'm actually drinking right now. Let me see the label here. Uh, Oktoberfest-style lager brewed with pale Munich and caramel malts, hopped with German pearl and holler taw hops. Um, result, full-bodied malty lager, bright amber color. It, it's good. It, it has, ooh, excuse me, has a feeling, you know, of that Oktoberfest feel. A little bit different, though. I, I like just about anything I've had from, um, from Abita. And I'll concur with Mitch. I... I've just wanted Dexter to end. So, I mean, it's, it, it, we, we have been watching it this season pretty much just out of obligation, just because we knew it was going to be over this season. If, if they had said, oh yeah, we're, we're going to do at least three more seasons, we probably would have bailed out. Um, kind of, kind of like I did with True Blood. I, I bailed out. Um, what, what fucking season was it? After season three, I think. But, yeah, it, this season of Dexter was extremely hit or miss. I mean, there were there were just straight-up boring episodes that I didn't give a shit about. Last season didn't really pick up until close to the end of the season. I th- Wait, actually, no. Wait, no, no, no. You know, I'm thinking of... Um, fuck. Last season was when... With LaGuerta at the end and... Yes, yeah, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I wasn't even that big on the season before that. I don't know. I, I think Dexter, well, Dexter ran for eight seasons, I think, something like that. And honestly, I think there were maybe three seasons that I really, really liked, and the first one was one of them. So I don't know, but eh, this wasn't that kind of show. I'm not getting into that. They, save, save that for, I guess, daytime divas, right? Um, I don't know if it's going to be on this week, but we'll save it for that anyway. 
another beer I got. Oh yeah, I got uh, Yards Brewing uh, Pink. And it's pink with a Y, P Y N K. It's kind of a tart, sour-ish kind of thing. I from some reviews I read, it seems like people thought they were going for a lambic kind of flavor with it. I didn't really get that. It came across to me almost like a less sweet, less tart uh, version of the Sam Smith strawberry, even though there wasn't strawberry in this one. I don't think. I think it was like raspberry and something else. But whenever I see tart or sour on the label, I'm kind of a sucker for that. So I got it pretty decent. It was completely on a whim. And, um, and actually, the, the the Fall Fest, I got on a whim, too, because the yards they didn't have in the cooler, and I wanted something cold to bring home. So, you know, spend more money that way. And then one more thing I got was uh, from the brewery. It was their Autumn Maple. And uh, seasonal from them, kind of fighting against the whole pumpkin beer thing. They were going for something that's brewed with yams. It was actually a relatively cheap bottle for something from the brewery. A lot of the stuff I would get from them is like the sours and things like that that are, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen dollars and up. You know, I think I got one thing from them that was twenty five bucks. This bottle was ten, eleven bucks, something like that. And eh, it kind of showed. It was okay, but nothing special about it. I've had one other like yam or sweet potato or whatever beer before this. And that one, I don't, that taste just, for some reason, it, that flavor does not translate well to beer. Or either that or just the ones I've had haven't really picked it up too well. Uh, so, also on Friday, there is there is beer uh, reference to this. I saw City in Color at Rumsey Playfield in uh, Central Park. And... The only beers they were serving there were craft beers, which was actually kind of a nice change, you know, compared to what I'm used to at venues like that. I mean, I, last shows I've been to, you know, it's always been, you know, Budweiser, maybe Heineken, you know, I'm trying to think of the most exotic thing they've had. Honestly, like, Beck's is probably, like, the most exotic thing they've had. But they had Amagang Wit, uh, Blue Point Toasted Lager, and then there was one more from Six Point that I can't remember what the fuck it was but they were eight bucks a piece so i got one and i was happy with that uh you know i was not going to be spending you know 16 24 bucks or whatever on beer uh so i had one of the amagang it was pretty good um but still eight bucks for what probably amounted to about eight ounces of beer i mean at least at least they filled up the plastic cup but uh yeah I don't know. I'd rather drink at home, honestly. But they got yet a captive audience. Um, this is not beer related, but it's kind of cross show related in a way. That was also the first day with my new Fitbit. And for those of you that listened to, um, I think it was on Dutch and Royce. It might have been on Hippo Juice, but Marie and Royce were talking about theirs. I ended up walking over twenty thousand steps over the course of the day in New York City, almost nine miles. And then, of course, I had a bar mitzvah to shoot in New Rochelle, New York, the very next day, so it was a very sore weekend for me. Yeah, Roy Black on Crack has it right with that uh, with that show, Craft Beers from Plastic Cups, only in America. Then again, um, I don't know if they, I don't know what else they would have really put them in because people were fucking pigs there and just throwing the cups around everywhere anyway. 
Um, uh, uh, let's see. Okay, I have a few little bits and pieces here before I get into news stories and all the other fun stuff. Um, and this sort of kind of segues in from from uh, the craft beers at the show. The White Sox had a craft beer night scheduled for the 28th, and they had tweeted as much. And guess who was sponsoring the promotion? Miller Coors promoting a craft beer night. Yeah, so, of course, there w- there was reaction to this. Uh, the initial reaction from, let's see, uh, NBC Sports Hardball Talk, Craig Calcaterra. He tweeted, with the caveat that there is almost nothing cool that is incapable of being co-opted by corporate interest, I'm going to classify this as one of the great moments in completely missing the dang point. The tweet from the White Sox has since been deleted, and the promotion is now nowhere to be found on the White Sox official page. So apparently there was a little bit of a backlash, not unlike the craft beer destination at Yankee Stadium that was anything but. So when, when, when will these baseball teams learn that we're not all stupid a lot of us are but not all of us a lot of beer drinkers are stupid too but again not all of us uh for those of you that enjoy dogfish head beers they are and actually i should probably pull up this link and son of a bitch I gotta enter my date of birth Seventy nine. Okay. Um, Dogfish Head. They are opening their own motel slash inn. Late spring, twenty fourteen. It's going to be a sixteen room Dogfish Inn. It's going to be opening in downtown Lewes, Delaware, at what is currently the Vesuvio Motel. Um, let's see. Okay, from from the article here on dogfish.com, they say every year hundreds of thousands of craft beer fans from around the world make a pilgrimage to, dog, to Dogfish Head's coastal Delaware brew pub and brewery. For nearly a decade, we've helped host some of these folks at the Dogfish Head Brewmaster Suite at the lovely Inn at Canal Square. Our migration a few boat lengths down the canal will give us a bigger home base dedicated to exploring all of the off-centered opportunities in this beautiful part of the state. So they are they're you know going to be opening an inn. Centered around Dogfish Head. Um, let's see. Overlooking the harbor in historic Lewis. I don't know if it's Lewis or Lewis. L-E-W-E-S. I'm not from Delaware, so I can't tell you. Uh, halfway point between their brew pub and distillery and their production brewery. And they've also teamed up with Studio Tack out of Brooklyn and Lighthouse Construction in Magnolia, Delaware to design and renovate the property and bring some Dogfish vibes uh, they claim there will be a bunch of fun stuff to do at and around the inn. So that's going to be spring of 2014. So if anybody's doing a craft beer kind of tour, that seems like it's one of those places that you'd want to check out, especially if you like dogfish head beer. Um, oh, and this is a good one. I, I tried to get a video up for this one, but in fact, you know what? Let me see if it'll actually play today. I don't think it will. Because he's embarrassed oh. and he knows he made a mistake. Okay, you know what? It's actually playing today, so let me uh, let me cue this up a little bit more. Um, let's see. Bring up the volume on Chrome. So the headline for this one out of uh, the Pittsburgh CBS affiliate, Man Charged with DUI on Riding Lawnmower. Um, 
I'm hoping he actually, there were some great quotes from him in this article. I'm hoping they actually have them in this video piece. I, I wasn't able to get the video piece to play earlier, but apparently it wants to now. So let me see what this will do. Cue it back up. And, oh, watch it now not play, right? says he's embarrassed and he knows he made a mistake, but he says he was trying to do the right thing at the time. A man from Westmoreland County is charged with driving his riding lawnmower while drunk. He told his story only to KDKA's Trina Orlando. Tom Marone told me today he got onto his tractor because he thought it would be safer than getting into his truck, but he says in retrospect he knows it was a bad decision. I feel dumb. Dumb. It's not unusual for Tom Marone <laughs> to use this tractor to cut grass at his home and others in the Murraysville area. But at the end of August, he also used it to drive himself home after having a few beers with friends. I was going to take the truck, but I thought I was too drunk to drive. And like an idiot, which I was, <laughs> I uh, took the zero. So he took his uh, riding lawnmower. And come on, I mean, he was being responsible. I, I think that was responsible, honestly. Come on, you know, he didn't want to get in the truck. I mean, you know, if if you crash the lawnmower, who are you going to hurt other than yourself? Come on. I mean, if you if you cause a five-car pileup in a riding lawnmower, it was probably one of the other car's faults, honestly. Marone was driving on Gun Club Road near Royal Highlands Park when he decided uh, to turn around. Gun Club Road? Sounds like something that might be more um, Minnesota than uh, Pittsburgh, but... Uh. Whatever, yeah. Six-mile trek home, too daunting in the dark of night. But it was too late. A Murraysville police officer arrested him for DUI. He said that open can of Coors Light, it wasn't. It was crushed. It was already in there because I don't drink Coors Light because I would have been, not been intoxicated if I was drinking Coors Light. I just want to say that. That is my favorite quote from this guy. I, I, I will repeat that. He said I had an open can of Coors Light. It wasn't. It was crushed. It was already in there because I don't drink Coors Light because I would not have been intoxicated if I was drinking Coors Light. I just want to say that. So, <laughs> this, this guy this guy is as bad as us. Like, I'm not going to drink that shit. Come on, you, you charge me with a DUI, but don't accuse me of drinking Coors Light. Marone got a DUI in December of 2010 for driving his truck and says he was trying to be responsible this time around. Now he knows he made the wrong decision. He's not only facing charges, but also embarrassed by the attention he's getting. The only person I hurt was myself. And believe me, this is terrible. And Marone was charged via summons. He'll go before a judge later this month. In Westmoreland County, Trina Orlando, KDKA TV News. And uh, Roy Black on crack in the chat. Because he's embarrassed Oop, and he knows he Sorry. made... Fucking looping around. Uh, Roy Black on crack in the chat is asking, uh, was it at night and did the lawnmower have any lights? That's a damn good question. You know, looking at the lawnmower, it does not look like it would have had lights. So, okay, I can understand that. If, and it, it, I would gather... Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. He had some beers with friends after cutting the grass and decided he wanted to go home. Ah... <sighs> You know, it's it's tough to say if it was dark out. I I get the feeling, I get the feeling that it wasn't. Especially if if a cop pulled him over. I mean, if it was a lawnmower without lights on it, and it was at night, the cop might have had no fucking clue then. So, um, yeah, just look looking at this thing. I do not believe there are lights on it. But I also, given the time of the day that he had beers, and then after cutting the grass, I don't think. Nah, I don't know. 
I don't know more about this story. And I was I was trying to find like other angles on this story and shit, but this seemed to be the one place for it. So, eh, whatever. But I don't know. He was trying to do the right thing. Just did it the wrong way. Um, let me do a really, really, really quick Google search because I was going to, there's, there's like one little image I found. I don't even know where to source it. It looks like it was clipped from a magazine and apparently, okay, apparently this is fucking legit and disgusting sounding. So again, this was, um, clipped from what looks like some kind of magazine. A bar in the Canadian Yukon is advertising for a human toe after a patron swallowed the key ingredient in its legendary sour toe cocktail. The cocktail served by the downtown hotel in Dawson City, Yukon, consists of a shot of Yukon Jack whiskey with a mummified human toe. Patrons are supposed to let the toe kiss their lips as they down the shot, but a patron known only as Josh from New Orleans, so of course it was some fucking stupid American recently swallowed it. Well, that's got to feel good coming out. So the hotel is asking for a new toe on its website in an ad that begins got frostbite. And I actually found the, uh, apparently the site for this place. It's sour toe cocktail club.com. Uh, established in 1973, the Sour Toe Cocktail has become a Dawson City tradition. The original rules were that the toe must be placed in a beer glass full of champagne and that the toe must touch the drinker's lips during the consumption of the alcohol before he or she can claim to be a true sour toer. The rules have changed in the past 27 years. The Sour Toe can be had with any drink now, even ones that aren't alcoholic. Why the fuck would you do that in a non-alcoholic drink? At least the alcohol will sterilize the nasty fucking thing. Um, but one rule remains the same. The drinker's lips must touch the toe. You can drink it fast. You can drink it slow. But the lips have got to touch the toe. Ha 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 ha. They're, they're fucking funny. The sour toes are actual human toes that have been dehydrated and preserved in salt. Swallowing one is not suggested. Of course. You should have a, a bit of info there about uh, that. What, what was his name? Josh from uh, from New Orleans. See if there's anything else on. Uh, let's see. Oh come on, this site fucking blows. Why does QuickTime need my permission to run on this site? Now, now I'm scared that I'm actually gonna get some kind of fucking volume thing out of it. Uh, their links don't work. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. But if you want to check it out, I can't get the links on their website to work. But they have other stuff on there, and I'm I'm seeing if if you do it well. Okay, if you do a Google motherfucker. Oh, maybe maybe uh maybe Chrome broke on me. Shit, I think yeah. You know what? I think that site fucking broke Chrome on me. That pisses me off. Well, you know what? I'll just kind of keep going here. Uh, see if I can. Ah, motherfucking technology! Jesus Christ. Okay, let's reopen Chrome here. See what happens. Yay! All my tabs are still there. I'm happy. Okay. Sorry about that little delay here. I, I actually found some images of... Oh, ew. Oh, ew. Okay. Do yourself a favor. I mean, th- this is this is perfect for the uh, MLR chat, of course. Do yourself a favor and do a Google image search for Sour Toe. It is disturbing as fuck. 
Um, God damn it. My mouse acting up again. thought I remedied this goddamn problem. Um, uh, excuse me while I try and get my mouse cursor to fucking behave. I think that site did something to me. Um, yeah, so that is somebody drinking a sour toe, and there is the sour toe itself, and that is fucking disgusting. But, yeah, do yourself a favor, Google image search sour toe, and you're gonna see just, oh, there's, there's a picture of an old guy with it, and it looks like it's in his mouth like a fucking cigar, and of course he's wearing a sailor's hat, you know, he's sitting there, I'm a boat captain, uh, oh, god damn it. Yeah, there they show it in the salt there. So yeah, there's there's wow. There 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 are a lot of things I'll do with drinking. I don't think that's one of them. I don't think that is one that I would even come near trying. Um So with that, let me jump into the first news story of the day. Uh I believe last week Dutch had mentioned about how his state or area or whatever is pretty much underwater. Well, Boulder County, Colorado, their floods, they struck a distillery, but they spared a brewery. Uh, from boulderweekly.com, um, Spirit Hound Distiller got hit with more than a foot of water in the tasting room, and their cooler got flooded. Co-founder Craig Engelhorn, he said he wasn't planning to salvage any of the liquor bottles uh, sealed under what he referred to as poo water and I actually have a picture of the tasting room here and to be honest I I wouldn't blame him because it does in fact look like shit water that is the spirit hound distillery tasting room right there so they they got they got hit pretty good there um then let's see um so Englehorn he said he doesn't know what the cleanup timeline is including when they can actually access the distillery uh, he predicts about a month of cleanup and another two months waiting for water, electricity, and other services to be reconnected. So it it it's pretty bad out there. In fact, there was another picture. Yeah, I think I got it. This was from the back porch of the distillery to kind of give you an idea of what it looked like out there. That fucking sucks. And I, obviously, I mean, it, you know, it sucks for you know the people that are you know losing their homes and everything out there. I mean. This is still a business, though, and it sucks for the people that own the business, work at the business, you know, things like that. Um, and it, speaking of the employees that have to work there, this guy, he's also worried about his employees who will have to find other jobs temporarily. And he has been setting them up in certain areas. Um, he, he's been setting them up bars and stuff like that. But with the holiday season approaching, it's it just especially shitty timing on that. Then less than a mile up the road, um, Oscar Blues Grill and Brew, which uh, Oscar Oscar Blues Brewing, they got a restaurant. Um, restaurant employees briefly returned to the area last Monday, even though the town had been evacuated. So stupid and brave, uh, and attempted to evacuate kegs of beer. I can't blame them for that. And the restaurant ultimately suffered only minor water damage. The kegs were still fine nicely sealed from the water and everything like that. And then there was left hand brewing. I really enjoy left hand brewing. I love their milk stout. You know, I, I, I think they do good stuff. Well, aerial views back on September 13th 
showed left hand brewing as totally surrounded by floodwaters. And of course, they feared the worst. Um, I don't think there was, yeah, I don't think there was a picture in the article for that. Uh, left hand president Eric Wallace said the brewery survived quite literally by an inch. And he's not using the term literally incorrectly there. The high water mark was actually actually mere inches from the tap room's front door, and it was about an inch from cresting over the loading dock and flooding their entire production room. So they got extremely, extremely lucky. As of right now, there is a sign outside the left hand tap room because I believe they're, you know, kind of you know doing they're pretty much doing okay there. I mean, they they didn't suffer damage, you know, especially like other people did. But sign outside there, tap room on a chalkboard, Colorado. I think we could all use a beer, so they're using it for marketing. Why not? They missed a deadline to submit samples to the Great American Beer Fest, judging as a result of the floods. But the Great American Beer Fest is making exceptions for any breweries affected by the flooding, which does make sense. The Brewers Association runs the Great American Beer Fest, and they're based out of Boulder, Colorado. So it's no surprise they're you know not being complete dicks about that. Um. This next story is actually one that I, I I found it, I think, the day after I did my last show. But then I was getting other people sending it to me all over the damn place. Uh, the copy I have, I got it from uh, NPR. And the, uh, let's see, the headline of the article, Auto Brewery Syndrome. Apparently, you can make beer in your gut. A 61-year-old man with a history of home brewing stumbled into a Texas emergency room complaining of dizziness. Nurses ran a breathalyzer test, and sure enough, the man's blood alcohol concentration was a whopping 0.37%, or almost five times the legal limit for driving in Texas. There was just one hitch. The man said he hadn't touched a drop of alcohol that day. He would get drunk out of the blue on a Sunday morning after being at church, or really just any time, said Barbara Cordell, the dean of nursing at Panola College in Carthage, Texas. His wife was so dismayed about it, she even bought a breathalyzer. So, doctors were stumped. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Some medical professionals thought that it was closet drinking, you know, that he was you know, hiding booze around, and, well, I'm not drinking, I don't know what's going on, you know, you hear those stories about you know people with bottles, you know, empty bottles of vodka hidden under the bed, you know, a bottle, you know, mini bottles of vodka stashed in the cookie jar, yeah, you know, shit like that. But that was not the case with this guy. They searched his belongings for liquor, nothing. Isolated him in a hotel room for twenty four hours, or I'm sorry, a hospital room for twenty four hours. And throughout the day, he ate carbohydrate-rich foods, and the doctors periodically checked his blood for alcohol. At one point, it rose 0.12%, just out of the blue like that. Now, at the beginning of the article, I mentioned that this guy had a history of home brewing. That actually kind of... That that was the uh, catalyst for this. The culprit of this was an overabundance of brewer's yeast in his gut. So his intestinal tract was acting like a brewery and pretty much brewing beer down there. Uh, they went on to say the patient had an infection with Saccharomyces cerevisiae. So when he ate or drank a bunch of starch, a bagel, pasta, even a soda, 
the yeast fermented the sugars into ethanol, and he would automatically get drunk. So he was brewing beer in his stomach. Um, and obviously this, this is a rare, rare thing. Um, let's see. They reported the case of auto brewery syndrome a few months ago in the international journal of clinical medicine. Um, on NPR, they're saying they dug around, uh, tried to uncover other cases of this similar to the one in Texas. Uh, some reports in Japan date back to the 1970s. In most instances, the infection, infections occurred after a person took antibiotics, which can wipe out the bacteria in the gut, making room for fungi like yeast to flourish, or had another illness that suppressed their immune system. Um, let's see. Yeah, and uh, what else? Is, uh, they called up someone else. Uh, who the fuck is Heitman? I got to scroll back in the article. Uh... Basically, saying saying it's a rare, rare thing to happen. There's no controlled clinical studies on stuff like this. You know, it's it's a case report, so um, you don't you don't see a lot of stuff like that. Obviously, um, yeah, I'm just kind of rambling here now. Sorry. Ah, uh, got that done. Got that done. Got that done. Got that done. Okay. This one, it's uh, it's actually a list. It's a short list, but I thought it was uh, a timely list. It's four odd ways to better enjoy a beer festival. There was one on here that actually I thought was really, really cool. And if I had known about it sooner, I probably would have done it. Because I'm going to the uh, Big Brew Beer Festival in Morristown, New Jersey. BigBrewBeerFestival.com um, so I'm going to that this Saturday at 1 p.m. at the Morristown Armory. If you are local and you're going, uh, say hi to me. You can probably find my picture on Facebook or whatever. You know, it's not that hard to find out what I look like. Um, this is actually the same festival that I went to. I believe it was, well, yeah, it would have to have been earlier this year because I complained about it a lot on the show and I didn't have the show last year. Um, and they, we were waiting out in line for hours in the fucking freezing cold the ticketing system was all botched up it was just it was really crowded this time around they're trying to do something different they have a new ticketing agent a new ticketing procedure they have a separate exit uh an exit that's separate from the entrance this time to um alleviate congestion they actually have tried to fix the bathroom situation because basically there was Minimal bathrooms for the men and the women, so there were long waiting times on that. My guess is that they're bringing in Porta Johns or something like that, which is a good idea to you know add add some capacity there. But the biggest thing that they made a change with for this one is that they're doing two sessions. There's one at 1 p.m., and then I believe the second one is maybe around 6 p.m. So, of course, we're, I'm going to the 1 p.m. one because, well... You know, figure you know, get drunk in the middle of the day. Why not? Um, but yeah, last time I think we were there from. Well, I think it was running from like four to eight, but we were out in the freezing cold for at least a couple hours of that. Um, just look for the yellow guy. That's God damn it! I'm not yellow. <sighs> I just take those are bad pictures. God damn it! I don't know why I looked yellow at the MLR event. I'm not. I'm not that jaundiced. 
Although, wait, isn't there a link between drinking and jaundice? So Mitch may have a point there. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to be at this thing, the one o'clock session, because it's nice and early. I'm happy with that. And in the evening, I can just relax, especially because that same day I have a 5K in the morning, which will hopefully balance out all the beer. Um, and then, then again, with my Fitbit, I'm going to know how much I'm walking around the festival, too. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but anyway, four odd ways to better enjoy a beer festival. This one, uh, I've mentioned this kind of stuff before beating the hangover the next day. And again, this is from, uh, americancraftbeer.com as our bodies get older. And this is from the article. One of the main reasons we don't drink until we need to go on dialysis when we're at beer festivals is because of the dreaded hangover the next day. What the fuck is he talking about? I, I I get to the festival and I, I I drink right starting when I get there and I don't stop until right before I leave. I don't know. Maybe I'm well, maybe I'm an alcoholic. I guess. Okay. Um, it it seems like anyone who drinks alcohol is a personal remedy to make sure they don't wake up feeling like someone smashed their head with a cinder block. Well, yeah. You know what my solution is? Drink water in between your drinks. Solution right there. The only times I've gotten immensely hungover are when I've gotten immensely dehydrated from drinking. Even the dreaded after bowling alley puking ER visit with me, the hospital rehydrated me, pumped fluids into my system. Yeah, I mean, I felt like shit that night, but the next day, other than being kind of groggy and weak, I didn't have a headache or anything. I wasn't hungover. Um... Let's see. What, okay, uh, they say their personal favorite is drinking a glass of Ultima Replenisher Electrolyte drink and two eyedroppers of milk thistle extra extract before I start drinking and before I go to bed. What? What the fuck? Couldn't you just drink a Gatorade or something then? Uh, you can also bring some milk thistle and Ultima with you to the fest to give a power boost to your liver throughout the day. Well, that's not a bad idea. My liver could use that. And for an added bonus, you can bring a flask of Fernet Branca. And actually, I don't know if I did an article about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, what a coincidence. Because um, that's actually... Fernet Branca is um, something I have coming up in a couple stories. Wow, I didn't I didn't realize there was a cross-story reference here. Uh, to help your tum-tum from hurting or feeling bloat. God damn, who's writing this shit? You can also get more beer money by selling the Fernet to the random hipsters at the festival when they're dying of thirst due to the lack of PBR. Ha 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 ha. Um, this is a fun one. And honestly, I'd like to see this start happening just because it would make the festivals that much more interesting. Dress up in your favorite beer costume. Yes, they're, they're saying doing cosplay at a beer festival. Now... Before I get into what the article says, how much real cosplay could you have at a beer festival? Genuine cosplay. I'm thinking you could dress up as um, Duff Man from Simpsons. You could dress up as one of the Duff beer bottles from Simpsons again. Uh, I guess you could dress up with a friend as a Clydesdale. One of you gets the front end, one of you gets the back end for Budweiser. Um, you could just dress up as some random beer can. 
Um, looking in the image they have here on the page, I guess you could dress up as Bender, too, because Bender likes to drink. But, uh, what they say here, why do people who go to Comic-Con and Ren Fairs get to have all the fun with dressing up at festivals? Duh, Dave, because they're nerds. Okay, that's that's uncalled for. Especially since I was very much enjoying the Nerd Hour today, uh, which I downloaded from last Friday, and which is on again, hopefully, this Friday from 11 to 1. So, check that out. Um... Sure, people at beer festivals dress up in lederhosen or their St. Pauli girl outfits, which are wonderful. Uh, but those have been done before. It's like going to a Star Wars convention and everyone's dressed as Darth Vader. It's good to see some Mon Mothma costumes peppered in there every once in a while. Try going to your next beer festival. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dressed up as your favorite hop. <laughs> oh, God damn. A very pale Indian. Oh. I wish I had a soundboard because I, I can't put forth the effort to groan at that enough. Uh, Bender, bending Rodriguez. Wait, what? Okay. Um, a luggage porter. <laughs> oh god, damn, that's awful. Jim Cook. Okay, that's that's not bad. A copper mash tun. Uh, or okay, and this one's not bad. Nin, uh, Ninkasi, the Mesopotamian goddess of beer. I I, I could go for some outfits like that. The possibilities are almost endless, so try being creative. Pick a good one, and I guarantee people will stop you for a picture, which may be your only form of communication with the opposite sex throughout the fest. No, you, you know what got me getting people with pictures and people talking to me at the last beer fest I was at? The damn pretzel necklaces that my wife made. And that reminds me. I, damn it, I was going to ask her to pick up pretzels today. Um, get those, because people will instantly ask you, where, where'd you get those? You made them? What? And then a trick is make a few extra, carry them with you, you know, in a backpack or whatever that you have, you know, just as a, as a thing of goodwill. I mean, the, the first few people that come up to you and ask, you know, about them, offer them a necklace and, you know, it, it makes you popular and we all want to be popular, but I don't know about cosplay at a beer festival. Um, Oh no! Yeah. And spe- speaking of uh, cosplay and Nerd Hour and Comic Con and everything, Cornax uh, says he has more fucked up things to read for this week. Yeah, I, to 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 delve into what uh, Nerd Hour is starting to do now, they're basically going into their. It's going to be a new weekly feature for them of fucked up fanfic of the week. The one they read, or rather, the one that Cornax read, because. <laughs> Ariel tapped out halfway through was a um, well it was basically a morally justified rape of a Koopa Troopa from Mario and yeah fucked up fan fiction creation of a dry bones now it's bad enough that I was listening to this and horrified while I was listening to it I was out for a run when I was listening to this I'm hitting the three mile mark and I'm like, what the, what the fuck has my life become that I was listening to this fucked up fan fiction, but it was, it was brilliantly handled Cornax. You, you did a nice job with that, especially if you made Ariel tap out halfway through. So I'm looking forward to the, uh, the next bit of fucked up fan fiction. And you know what? I, I may have one to submit to you. Um, if you've ever seen it before, people that listen to this show, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio, listen to Daytime Divas and everything, they know about Animal Crossing. 
there was a fantastic Animal Crossing fan fiction that was written. It's fucked up. Believe me, it's fucked up. But it was written a few years ago. I actually, I have it on my Kindle now. Uh, a friend of mine uh, encoded it to, um, I think, an EPUB file for me. And I want to say it, it, it's called something like The Dark Secret of Animal Crossing or something like that. I'll try, if I remember, I'll try and get that to you, Cornex, because I think that might fit in it. It's not, it's not like sexual, it, it's not morally justified rape, but it's really fucking creepy. However, I worry that if you guys, oh fuck, you have 14 to choose from for this week. Well, you're going to have a backlog, I think. God damn. I'm still sending it to you anyway. Um, but if, if you guys don't know Animal Crossing, you may not appreciate it as much. So, I don't know. You know what? Maybe, maybe if, if you don't want it, I'll send it to Marianne and she can read it on Lust and Love. Uh, but yeah, I, I, try and, I try and contribute. And I know I still got to do a um, a fun video for, for Hammy. He knows which one I'm talking about. I haven't gotten a chance to yet this week. And hopefully I can start on it tomorrow. Okay. This is the um, the odd the odd way to enjoy a beer fest that I would love to try, and I think it would be it would be great material for the show too because put this on YouTube and it would just be fun to watch. It's called the old GoPro in a glass trick. Have you ever had the brilliant idea of filming your experience at a beer festival, but then breaking or losing your camera due to dropping it, immersing it in your beer, or pulling an Augustus gloop and eating the camera like a sausage. I, I will neither confirm nor deny that last one. Uh, now you can film your entire time at the festival with the camera in the one place where it will never get lost or broken in the bottom of your beer glass, a GoPro in a waterproof case, hot glued to the bottom of a beer glass. Of course, every sip will be documented so you can show your friends how big of a lush you've become. Plus you can finally figure out who keeps making out with you and giving you cold sores. Ugh. As an added bonus, you can speed up the entire duration of the footage and turn it to an artsy short film called The Craft From Within and submit it to the Cannes Film Festival. The only problem I could see with doing that is that usually at the beer fest, they provide you with the glass there. Now, are you going to be crafting the GoPro harness for your glass there, I suppose? But that's that's something I want to look into. I, honestly, I have no idea how much a GoPro is. Um, I've wanted to get one for random purposes. I just have not actually gone through with it. Um, I would assume that Mitch probably has a uh, has a GoPro, but oh, dude, oh, Cornex saying one of the fanfics. It's a Jurassic Park story involving a dude and a Velociraptor. Hint: they fuck. Oh, oh dude, what the fuck is wrong with people? Oh. Rule 34 all over the goddamn place. Jesus Christ. <sighs> okay. Last one here. The Camelback Personal Toilet. This one this one kind of creeps me out a little bit. Sure, we've all seen someone sporting a Camelback to stay hydrated between sipping on tasters, which actually is a good idea. But when the body consumes twice as much fluid, you have to urinate twice as fast. Like any kind of event, and actually, no, you have to urinate uh, even more than twice as fast because if it's alcohol, it's a diuretic and it produces more. Come on, you got to be precise with this shit, people. Um, like any kind of event or festival, there's a grossly underestimated amount of porta potties on the premises. 
One foolproof way to completely avoid the honey bucket line, never heard it called that way before, <laughs> is to keep the Uriwell unisex personal toilet in your pants and connect it to a camelback fanny pack. Sure, it might sound gross or ridiculous, but guess who's not going to be ridiculous when your, your friends are doing the cross-legged bladder blaster dance and you're enjoying your eighth glass of that Belgium IPA that you love worry-free. That's right, the person with a toilet in their pants. Or I suppose you could wear a diaper because that would probably be less humiliating. <laughs> and we could just ask uh, Hammy about that, I suppose. <sighs> so I, I want the, the GoPro thing. I would really like to try that at some point. It's just a matter of me getting a GoPro and figuring out um, if I can legitimately claim it as a deduction for my uh, videography biz, which... I don't know. I, I could I could probably find some sort of use for it, but you never know. Um. Um. Okay. Yeah, Mitch said GoPros are like three fifty, and he hates them. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah, because it, yeah, it is all fisheye image. Neat supplemental things for a time lapse or action sports bullshit like biking, but other than that, they're useless, and your phone will do much better. Yeah, you know what? Then maybe maybe I should like kind of figure out some kind of harness create. Well, eh, fuck it. I don't even need to harness my beer. I could just, you know, aim it towards me and be doing kind of selfies all day. Because I think I think I can shoot. Yeah, I, I shouldn't be able to shoot video from the front-facing camera. So th- thank you, Mitch. Um, or you can dongle it to your phone, but the image is 30 seconds delayed. Ew! 30 seconds delayed. Fuck. Yeah, and you can't see what you're shooting unless you buy bullshit add-ons that don't work half the time and suck up battery. Yeah, you know what? That's, that's probably what would drive me crazy is that I wouldn't be able to see what the fuck I was shooting. Um, I... I mean, please, please tell me there's at least a fucking like little viewfinder or something on the thing that, and yeah, Mitch says from a video production standpoint, and I, you know, I, you've you've turned me away from the GoPro because I I trust your opinion on that. I could probably do much better things. Um, shit, honestly, I mean, what I probably should do, I have a um. And I, I, I used to shoot shows with this, and they came out okay. I mean, they were dark, but it was, shows are dark half the time. Um, so it doesn't shoot in low light all that great. But I have a... I got it, shit, maybe five years ago. It's a uh, Sony bloggy. has like a rotating lens on the top of it. It shoots in um, it shoots in 720p and 1080p. Um, the only downside of the 1080p is that you can't use any zoom function but for my purposes i don't think i'd really need to worry about that so that actually makes me think i may just bring the bloggy with me to uh <laughs> to the next beer fest and kind of shoot there that way um i'll have to i'll have to, I'll have to do some drinking tests and see how it uh, how it kind of shoots from the bottom of a glass if i palm it and stuff but yeah, I'm not gonna deal with GoPro now. I've, I've seen I've seen the GoPros enough, like mounted on the dashboard on uh, catfish and stuff. I, seriously, I think they had like three or four different GoPros mounted in the car and shit like that. But okay, M- Mitch Mitch is a video production pro, so I I trust what he speaks of. But see, that way he gave me a better idea. Uh, okay, last one before the break. This one I actually got from the uh, lovely Marianne of Lust and Love. Monday is 10 to midnight and Daytime Divas, Thursdays, 8 to 10 a.m. This was from thedrinksbusiness.com. Snake preserved in wine bites woman. A woman in northern China 
has had to receive hospital treatment after a snake preserved in rice wine jumped out of the bottle and bit her hand. Now, besides the fact that a snake in wine jumped out and bit her, I think the more pressing question with this is, well, other than putting a snake in fucking wine, you put a live snake into this wine. A live fucking snake. You don't even have the decency to kill the fucking thing beforehand before putting it in wine, which will do absolutely nothing for the wine or the snake because the snake should be fucking dead. But they don't even kill the snake before bottling this shit. What the fuck? Ugh. Roy Black on Crack has a beautiful shot right there. <laughs> um. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, going back in the chat, Mitch also says, fuck D- DSLRs for video. I will agree with that, too. Every fucking photographer out there now thinks they can shoot you know, professional video and they can't. It's, it would be like asking me to do photography. I don't do photography. I am, I am shit when it comes to lighting with photography and things like that. But everybody knows that I do video and they're like, Oh, can, can you take our pictures for us? No, I don't fucking do still photography. I just do video. Ugh. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> That that was good, Cornex. That was good. Um, oh, and going back to the GoPro, Mitch said his buddy bought a GoPro, GoPro, and he was all stoked, wasting his time having him set it up, manage it here, or there, mounted on his car, and drove around with him for a commercial they were doing. Not a single shot was usable. That would fucking kill me. That would kill me. I I I get so paranoid doing my shoots that my shit's not, you know, usable enough. Um, but. I'm at least looking through the viewfinder and everything and seeing what I'm doing in real time so I know that at least some of it's usable. Uh, and yeah, Mitch Mitch is a double threat. He can he can do the video and photography, so he knows what he's doing. But uh, and, and, and he does the video better than me too, so god damn it. Um, but yeah, let me go back to this uh, snake thing. Uh, according to the Global Times, a surprise attack happened when the woman surnamed Louis from Shuangcheng went to top up the bottle with more wine. Remarkably, the snake, which had been pickling for three months, was still alive. This seriously sounds like some weekly world news shit. Um, she received treatment at a local hospital for inflammation. She had bought the snake wine to try and cure her rheumatism. It's a widely held belief in China that such wines boast medicinal properties. Ugh. Bullshit. Come on. Um... Not the first incident of a pickled snake seemingly coming back to life. One Mr. Zhang of Hubei province was bitten by a snake in 2009 that had been preserved in a bottle of rice wine for two months, while in 2001, a villager from Guangzhou, I'm saying that right, right, died a day after being bitten from a pickled snake. What an embarrassing way to die. Being bitten by a pickled snake i mean couldn't you at least like i don't know punch the snake in the face or something i mean is your reaction time that bad that you know a snake coming out of a bottle that's been pickled in there for months or whatever uh yeah th- this one you know three months 
Uh, the other guy, two months. You know, come on. I mean, the snake's got to be a little bit weak. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, that that's another that's another alcohol bit that I'm probably never going to try. I'm not going to be trying any of these wines or liquors or whatever with you know a snake in it, a scorpion in it, whatever. Personally, I find that all just to be gimmick. Ugh. And honestly, you know what? If the sna- if if there was some element of the snake that really did have these medicinal properties, wouldn't it possibly make more sense to research what property of the snake that is, and then extract and maybe replicate that property of the snake? You know, maybe it's something from one of the snake's glands or something, or some something you know something that. Um, something that emanates from its scales or something, uh, couldn't you possibly just do that instead of putting the whole fucking snake in the goddamn bottle? Stupid fucking people. <sighs> okay. So after the break, got a few more things coming up. I don't know, I may get to the list that I've been holding off on for weeks and weeks and weeks because I am always scared about material. Uh, the most popular cocktail ingredient you've never heard of. I actually did mention it in a previous story. If you remember, then you'll you know be familiar with what I said in the previous story. But if you don't, well, this will be completely new to you. Um, this one I actually kind of started last week, and then I think that was when Cornax called in. And at that point, we got kind of derailed. So it was the Beer Goggle Study winning the Ig Nobel Award. So I'll kind of breeze through that a little bit. Uh, do you like the smell of hops? There's a shampoo for that. And then uh, a few of the lists that I may or may not get to. A couple of Reddit threads that I may or may not get to. And then new releases and reveals for the week. I still haven't found Trooper for Punchy yet, and I feel bad for that. I really, really, really want to find that, because uh, then I can bring it to him uh, one night for Brain Stew, and he would be greatly happy for that. Maybe we could have uh, Drunk Punchy again, because we like that. So with that, uh, I suppose I'll hit up the break. I will be back in a little bit here on Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Alcohol by Cheers. Volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey! It's hey. oh, the name down. of the show. Hey! More Like Radio! Uh, now, now I'm realizing that this is all going to be on fucking podcast. Oh, boy. I told yeah, you. We were try- I was trying to warn you the whole time. Dude, I don't care. I'm voluntarily Skyping into you. Use us to make a promo. I don't care. No, mm-hmm. dude, like I said, my fiance doesn't listen. Dutch got drunk one night. Well, he gets drunk every night. But he got drunk one night, and I used it as a promo. Why not? Use this into a promo. I, I give everyone permission to turn this audio into a promo. I don't care. He also used Drunk Me for a promo, too. You remember? So, I, I, yeah. Punch AJ, it. you play it every week. I do. Folks at home, radio gold like this happens every Sunday and Thursday at midnight on 360 on 420, only on morelikeradio.com. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. 
That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden. Okay? <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh, my God. What are you I meant doing? I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I, I hope you end your life. Now, <laughs> get <off the> mic. <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Are you a fan of comics? What about obscure movies and TV shows? Well then, you are in luck because every Friday, Nerd Hour is here to talk about those completely and utterly awesome things. So join Punchy, Ariel, and now Cornax as we talk the things that people claim prevent you from getting laid, but are balls anyway. The Nerd Hour, every Friday night from 11pm to 1am, only on More Like Radio. Spoon! Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type DEAL48 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code DEAL48 at adamandeve.com. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard, and their life is better than yours, damn right, it's better than yours, I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. High Society Radio is now part of morelikeradio.com. Who's all part of the more like the uh, more like radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining next? Oh well, Hippo Juice—they're the the soul behind more right. like radio, and we're we're jumping on there. High Society Radio—that is. What other what other kind of shows are over there though? Oh, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster. That's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's Ain't Social Gamer Radio. There's the Red Show. There's Daytime Divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No. You're fucking with a family. Yeah, a real family. A family of gangsters. Take the edge off. Morelikeradio.com. It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. 
And when you need to look your finest, what do you do? Well, I grab my favorite t-shirt, of course. You know, I just knew you were going to say that, and I was going to ask, have you ever checked out T-Fury? I think so. That's the website with the new t-shirt every day, right? That's the one. At T-Fury.com, there's a brand new t-shirt design every day, and each one lasts for only 24 hours, then it's gone forever. So it's tea today, gone tomorrow? Exactly. That's a lot of t-shirts. Where do they all come from? Well, each design is submitted by a freelance artist, so no two are exactly alike. And the best part? All these tees feature nothing but nerd references. Whether it's movies, TV shows, video games, cartoons, comics, or culture, they're all awesome. And get this, each tee is just 11 bucks. Dude, it looks like I need to update my wardrobe. What's that website again? Just use tinyurl.com slash MLRTs. That's tinyurl.com slash MLRTEES. Each limited edition tee lasts for only 24 hours, so get Get over there before time runs out. Check out today's T-Fury design right now at tinyurl.com slash MLRTs. Hey, everybody. This is Alexa. You can hear my Uncle Sean say terrible things on a hippo juice show. Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Followed by the Red Show from 9 to 11. And now mark out... Radio with Big T and Dark Fox is on Wednesday too. Join them during their new time slot, 11 to 1 a.m. Only on MoreLikeRadio.com. Hi, this is Marianne from Lust and Love. Recently, we decided the show needed more dicks, so we found the manliest man we knew to fill the spot, Dark Fox. I know this is weird, but my boyfriend broke up with me because my dick is too short. He praised me about my skills and all, but is this a really good reason for a breakup? Because it's really hurting me until now. I can't seem to forget all the memories we had together. I know this can't be the reason, or maybe because he met another guy. I really cannot get over him because once he told me, I love your dick, whilst he was stroking it. That's the reason I will never let go. Lust in love, now gayer than ever. And that's saying a lot considering we used to have Hammy on the show. Join us Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. My fellow Americans, it has come to my attention that some alleged radio shows are trying to tiptoe across our internet trying to leech off our bandwidth and listeners. And I, for one, am sick and tired of it. That's why I brought together two real radio hosts, Punchy and Hammy, two men who did things the right way. Brain Stew Radio, Fridays, 8 till 10, only on More Like Radio. We, the people. MoreLikeRadio.com because mean people need to laugh, too. Well, Winston, after 25 unanswered text messages to Nick and Jess this morning, I finally received a response. A smiley face. This leaves us with one choice. To become best friends. Huh? Yeah, fine. For, okay, great. Now, as my best friend, I expect you to be willing to sacrifice everything for me at a moment's notice, including, of course, unfortunately for you, your dignity. Yeah, fine. Winston, what can I do for you? Don't talk to me that much. Never lie to me and never, ever... Touch my puzzle. Winston, do we do we think now is really the right time to be starting a, a puzzle? <laughs> yeah, I'm great at puzzles. <laughs> You're a born puzzler, Winston. Sure. Um, but don't you agree that sometimes when you start puzzles, you get a little bit weird and, I don't know, intense? Spend a lot of time humming? 
Also spend a lot of time naked. I'm gonna do you puzzle. Right on the table. As nasty as you want to be. Hey, Shmir, what do you think it's gonna look like? What do I think it's going to look like? Yeah, the puzzle. Winston, it's on the box. The, the picture's on the box. It's a Japanese garden. Schmidt, calm down. What is your problem? Hour number two of Alcohol by Volume. You're on morelikeradio.com. If you want to call in, 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Or you can Skype in, Alcohol by Volume. All one word. Uh, before the break, I teased this one. The most popular cocktail ingredient you've never heard of. And before I found this article, I, I also had never heard of it. So suppose they're kind of right with that. This was from Gizmodo. The, um, the liquor cocktail, whatever it's called. Well, you know what? Hold on a second. Let me, let me do a, let me do a little quick search here to see if I can, uh, figure out how to pronounce it. I guess it's Fernit. Fernit. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's for, well, it could be Fernet, I suppose. Um, I don't know. Google, tell me how to say Fernet or Fernet or let's see. How do I say F-E-R-N-E-T? Um, well, motherfucker, this shit ain't helping me. This shit ain't helping me. It's F-E-R-N-E-T. I don't know. Maybe one of you know. Fernet. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Darkseid. I appreciate that. Um, but it, reading about it in this article, it actually has made me want to try it. Not because I want to be a, you know, kind of a hipstery type of guy, but it actually, it sounds like something I would enjoy because I'm into some of the stranger kind of flavors. Um, let's see. So it says, firstly, Fernet is not a brand. Fernet is a subcategory within the Amaro family, which is to say that it's the bitter liqueurs. It has an herbaceous scent, contain or an herbaceous scent and flavor contains anywhere between twenty to forty ingredients. Uh, some of the examples of ingredients you may find in it: gentian, myrrh, chamomile, rhubarb. I love rhubarb, cardamom, aloe, and saffron. And the base is usually distilled from grape juice. So you're you're you know going for something kind of rich there. You know they're that's that's what they're uh, <laughs> uh, that's what they're going for with that. It's between 78 to 90 proof, so it's low proof enough to drink on its own. Uh, you know, kind of like, um, you know, kind of like a vodka or something like that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm curious if any of you guys have drank it. I mean, uh, you know, Darkseid seems to, seems to know about it. So then, then again, he's a bartender, so of course he would know about it. I don't know if he's had it. But if you have had it, if you have any opinions on it, Feel free to chime in in the uh, Facebook group or even I'll probably post this article on the uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Um, so let me move back on to the article here. Um, it's what's known, potable bitter, blah, blah, blah. So it became popular during the 1800s as a sort of medicinal cure-all. At least this one probably has more uh, foundation to it than uh, snakes in a bottle of wine. It was said to calm the stomach, and that was uh, what they said in that article about um, curing the or holding off the hangover from a beer fest. Uh, drinking the fernet may calm the tum tum, as they said. 
We should start using Tum Tum now, just like uh, Dutch was using Nakey. We should start uh, incorporating baby language into all our MLR shows. Uh, so let's see. Uh, set to calm the stomach, especially after a large meal, aid digestion, but it was also purported to cure hangovers, relieve menstrual cramps, so that's important, and help with drinking-related performance issues, as the uh, as the article says. So I, I may need to spell that out for, for, for some of you. Um, it'll help make your dick hard, apparently, if you drink too much. Possibly. Allegedly. Uh, early versions had a hearty dose of opiates in them, which may help to explain its popularity. To this day, fernets are still typically consumed as a digestive, but it has an infamous eye-opening effect. Now, in the article, they were the closest comparison... Um, taste-wise, you know, feel-wise for it, that they were able to make was with the Jägermeister, but without the sweetness. And they say it's all that herby medicinal taste. And see, I don't, I don't get a medicinal taste out of Jäger, but maybe that's just me. Uh, I mean, I get a lot of that, like the anise kind of flavor out of it. Um, they say it's all that herby medicinal taste you get from Jäger without a spoonful of sugar to make it go down. It's a no-joke bitter. Um, Campari, another potable bitter, tastes like candy in comparison. So it's a dark brown liquid, goes down very dry, but when you breathe out again, you taste every one of those herbs. It's too much for a lot of people to drink straight. And I take that as a challenge. So perhaps the next time I'm at the liquor store picking up beer, uh, maybe, maybe I will pick up a bottle of this, provided it's not too uh, cost prohibitive, because I do still have a half a bottle of absinthe here. And Drinking the absinthe straight, that has a very, um, with, with the way they were describing there, when it goes down, but then you breathe out again, and, and that feel from it, I get that from the absinthe when I drink that straight and don't water it down. So, I have a feeling this, even, you know, it's, it's a, you know, comparatively low proof. So, cause, um, let me see, hold on a second. Uh, what's the proof on this one? Yeah, this one, uh, the absinthe is 124 proof. So, I mean, 90, 90 proof's a piece of cake. Um, at that point, it's more of, you know, getting past the taste. But I, like I said, I, I, the taste of Jägermeister doesn't bother me. So, I have a feeling this I might actually be able to handle. Um, what? Oh, fucking hell! You know what? I see the, uh, I see my transfer rate going. Yes, yeah, there it, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't know what's going on with my feed here, and I, I know the guys in the chat. I'll, I'll uh, chime in. God, I see my connection shitting out. So. Sorry for people that are listening live. Uh, it's trying to connect right now, so you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna keep barreling on. And um, oh, Punchy says uh, Curse of Chucky rules. I gotta see that. Ah, okay, I appear to be connected now, and I appear to have a good transfer rate, and I appear to be back up. You guys, st- you guys hear me now? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck was going on there. Oof. <laughs> yeah, Pun- Punchy has it right. Go home, MLR feed. You're drunk. Um. Yeah, Mitch said after the break, it's literally 15 seconds before kicking. Wow. Yeah. You know what? I just saw my transfer rate drop again. Jesus Christ. 
what the fuck? You know, I'm going to post that in the chat, too. Transfer rate. I'm sure you guys find this riveting on the podcast. Uh, keeps dropping. Yeah, right now, I, I'm, it's sitting at about, like, well, I was sitting at 13K, now it's 70K. And I don't think, yeah, I don't have uTorrent running. Um, Dropbox ain't doing anything. Um, son of a bitch, Cornex is getting pulled pork for dinner. I hate you. Yeah, my peak meter keeps dropping on EdCast. Um, but Mitch is on Skype, so, um, I don't know. Uh, figure it out. Maybe I gotta close out EdCast and open it back up again. But, for now, I'm, I'm just gonna rail through this article here. I got a little bit left in the show, you know. Figure out what the fuck is going on here. Um... Let's see. Despite Fernet not being a brand, when most people say Fernet, they're referring to Fernet Branca, which is a brand. So they're saying it's the Kleenex of Fernets. It is... Oh, and I got Mitch calling in. So let me bring this up. Hey, Mitch. Hey, do you want me to try to run EdCast for you? Um, yeah, sure. That might not be a bad idea. All right. <laughs> yeah, let me just... For some reason, it my transfer rate just keeps dropping like crazy. Yeah, just give me one second. Okay. I I actually don't have the EdCast settings. Shit. Oh, dear. (laughs) I mean, I know them. I just have to put them all in. in. Yeah. This is why I'm glad you listen to my show. (laughs) (laughs) Up up until this point, I think I've only had one, like, connection kind of issue before. And today, I don't know. Okay, yeah, now I'm disconnected from server. So, you know what? Let Let me just straight up disconnect here. And yeah, give me one second. So I'm straight up disconnected. Th- this is uh, riveting for the podcast listeners. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let me just configure this thing. Where do I do this stuff? I don't remember. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I have to actually go through my settings and see how I did this. Oh, jeez. Encoder type. There we go. All right, here we go. 64. See, now everybody knows... How how much you save us a lot of the time? <laughs> they, they don't get to see like when uh, shows can't connect and absolutely panic. Oops. <laughs> do, 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 do. Scroll through my articles here. Oh, what the hell? That was creepy. Oh. Pff. Have, like animated GIF running on that page. I don't think that would be soaking up my bandwidth. <laughs> it shouldn't. Yeah. There we go. Don't save that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now let's just see if this thing works. Uh, say something real quick. Okay. Uh, you hear me? Okay. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah, I'm hearing you good. So. Okay. I guess uh, we should be good now. Then hopefully. Unable to connect. Hold on. Oh dear. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, Why is it unable to connect? That's not good. Yeah, because I I completely closed out EdCast. The stream shouldn't be kicked in. I turned that off. Well, while you're doing that, I'll I'll blow through the rest of this article. All right. Let's see. Uh, And I'll bring you down a little bit here. Furnet, Furnet, Furnet. First made in the 1840s. Um... That was the Frenet Branca, oh, there we go. most popular one. 
uses an estimated 75% of the world's sound. You're connected. Oh, I'm connected. Everybody in the chat, say hi. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. I appreciate it. Not a problem. I'll let you do your show. I'll be quiet. Okay, thanks, man. <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, let's see here. So, back to the chat. Everybody, I'm live again. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Mitch. Um, so, we're, we're, we're still talking about the Fernet here. The Fernet Bronca, it is a brand, but it's kind of the Kleenex of Fernets, as they say, because when people are talking Fernet, that's the one they're talking about. It was first made in the 1840s. It's usually referred to as the original Fernet. Um... And it's rumored that they use an estimated 75% of the world's saffron, which effectively lets the company control the market price of one of the most expensive spices on the planet. If you've ever gone shopping in the spice aisle and you see a vial of saffron, it, it is prohibitively expensive. It's ridiculous. I, But I guess perhaps Fernet Branca is responsible for a bit of that. Uh, other companies make Fernets. Luxardo... Ramazzotti, Martini, and Rossi make one, each with their own character and blend of herbs. Like I said, um, it's it, they vary between 20 to 40 different ingredients, so there's not a hard and fast rule when it comes to making a fernet. Uh, never lost popularity in Italy, where it's typically made, often taken neat after dinner, so I'm guessing this is a very Italian thing. It's kind of funny that I never really ran into this, because I lived with an Italian family for a few years. Um, and then next door to a very Italian family, like off-the-boat Italians. Uh, semi-popular in the U.S. in the pre-prohibition days, but once those laws went into effect, San Francisco found a way to import Fernet as medicine, not hooch, and this is likely, likely when it first started appearing in cocktails. Uh, like the gin and tonic, mixing the medicine with booze was a tastier way to take it, and when, once prohibition ended, uh, Fernet somewhat faded into obscurity in the U.S., and there it would remain for decades. Now, it, apparently, um, the reason it popped up again was West Coast, San Francisco, trendy stuff coming out of there. Um, you know, San Francisco is a food town. It became one of those in-the-know kind of things. And, uh, I mean, let's see. Um, they date back... Uh, 2005, it was estimated that San Francisco consumed roughly 50% of the fernet in the U.S., 2008, it was still at 25%, even in the sp as the spirit's popularity spread. So you could say it's like hipsters before hipsters. So, um, oh, <laughs> I'm seeing Punchy communicating with Cornex in the chat. Um, <laughs> uh, and speaking of Agents of Shield, when the hell is that on? I gotta watch Curse of Chucky too, Punchy. So maybe I'll, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll chime in this week on Nerd Hour. Anyway, how to drink Fernet. In Italy, it's usually consumed neat and chilled or on ice after a meal. And they say this is pretty hardcore considering it's regarded as an acquired taste. In Argentina, it's typically mixed with a cola. I have a feeling that's how I would start with it and then kind of work my way up to straight. But then again, who knows? Um, San Francisco, they take it as a shot followed by a ginger beer or a ginger ale. Uh, I don't like ginger beer, so I'd probably go with the ginger ale. That method has become so common there that it's known as a bartender's handshake. The ginger washes some of the herbiness off the palate and chases some of the booze fire away, too. But that, what fun is that? You want that. Ah, oh, boo. Um, and ginger's good for digestion, so, you know, more, more goodness for your gut, as they say. Um, 
because of the assertiveness of the flavors of the fernet, it's extremely difficult to use in a cocktail. I mean, there, there's a lot of th- like look at vodka. Vodka, honestly, you can mix with just about anything. Oh, I have a Diet Pepsi. I'll throw some vodka in there. Oh, I have some orange juice. I'll throw some vodka in there. Oh, I got juice. I'll throw some vodka in there. I got purple Gatorade. I'll throw some vodka in there. Vodka is so neutral that you can do that. With this, very aggressive flavors, and it's tough to find the right blend with it, which of course means that everybody wants to try and use it in a cocktail so people can kind of show off their stuff and be, you know, look look how cool I am with this. Um, so, um... Oh, cool. Um, thank you, uh, Punchy. <laughs> um, so let's see. Um, if you're going to make a real cocktail, it needs to have bitters in it, and uh, Fernet is a wonderfully complex bitter... Virtually every cocktail bar you visit will have its own take on a Fernet cocktail, and there's a ton of variation. There's actually a link on here, but I'm not going to get into that. It's often added to drinks with a rye, gin, tequila, or cognac base, so uh, maybe uh, Cornacs could try a little bit of that. Uh, you need something with a lot of flavor, otherwise the Fernet will just dominate. And again, that's kind of like what I was talking about with the vodka, with the neutral spirit. Um. You know, like obviously vodka, vodka, you know, vodka and a soda, vodka and a juice, whatever. You, you get the bite from it. You get the buzz from it. If you have a flavored vodka, it still doesn't overpower whatever you're mixing it into. The fernet is going to overpower shit. You you need it to really just, ugh. You, you need to know what you're mixing. They say experimentation still the rule, but... They have an example of a good one on here called the Toronto Cocktail. Now, of course, um, I'm not going to have any of this shit here. It's a simple riff on an old-fashioned, arguably the most popular legit cocktail that uses Fernet. It's two ounces of rye, rye whiskey, a quarter to half ounce of simple syrup, which I should get simple syrup one of these days. I've seen Bar Rescue enough, and I see them using simple syrup and everything, and I've never fucking used it. I... Well, whatever. A uh, quarter ounce of uh, Fernet and two to three dashes of Angostura bitters. Stir all ingredients with ice until very cold. Strain into a chilled cocktail glass or old-fashioned glass. Optionally, express and garnish with orange. Um, let's see. Uh, if you want to, wow, okay. If you want to throw another variation in there, according to this article, this drink is really good with an absinthe wash. <laughs> um, now, let's see here. Let me just open this link on the side up here. Um, an absinthe wash. I want to see, because I, I actually have not heard that term before. An absinthe wash, also known as an absinthe rinse, the terms are interchangeable, is a method for coating the inside of a glass with absinthe, then discarding the excess liquid and pouring the drink into it. You know how dry vermouth is swirled around the glass, then discarded for a dry martini. Same thing with except with absinthe. You're not doing a wash to add alcohol to the drink. Rather, you're adding aroma and a subtle flavor. It's a nuance thing. Okay. So that makes sense. Um, and the absinthe is a very strong flavor, so I have a feeling that it would work properly with the fernet. Um, this this is an article that I'm definitely going to post on the Facebook page uh, because this I, I would love I would love to be able to have just like a stocked bar in my house with ingredients like this, you know. Multiple vodkas, multiple whiskeys, multiple mixers, 
you know, have all, you know, my simple syrup and all this, you know, have, have all my jiggers. I said, jigger, Jay. Um, you have all that kind of stuff there, but, ugh, it's expensive. It's fucking expensive. When you look, I mean, the absinthe I got was maybe 40, 40 bucks, 35 bucks for that bottle. I mean, your average large bottle of vodka can be 25, 30, 35 bucks. You know, you want to get a, a decently stocked bar, you're spending at least, you know, half a grand right there on basics, which is, which is unfortunate. Well, you could get just Guinness. That's true too. <laughs> That'd be the best bar. That, uh, that I can totally go with because any, anytime I go to the liquor store and I don't know what I want, I'm like, eh, fuck it. I'll just get Guinness and that's good. By the way, I confirm with my liquor store, they're going to have the Guinness Red Harvest out on Thursday. Excellent. Yeah. I got to so. keep an eye on mine because I, I really do want to try that one, but I just have not seen it anywhere yet. So I got to talk to my liquor store too. Um, let's see. J5 says, get yourself some monkey shoulder, best scotch in the world. And then uh, Punchy says, my breakfast is a shot of bacon vodka, which, damn it, I got to get two shots of egg vodka. Oh, ugh, ugh. I, I, I picture a bottle of egg vodka as looking like egg drop soup. That does not sound good. Beer battered toast. That would be fucking delicious. And a screwdriver. Okay, that works. Uh, you like rye whiskey, high west, and Jameson gold. So, oh, see, that that's, that is why I love the chat, because... Everybody just has perfect, perfect input. Um, let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. Some people use OJ for margaritas. <laughs> White trash arita. Yep. I oh, I can't imagine using that for a margarita. But I, the the only margarita I've ever made at home has been from a mix anyway. So can't really talk much about that. Um, the 1800 mix. I don't remember who makes it, but it's um comes in a red box whatever it's 1800 yes yeah. that's, that's a really good mix i think i've seen that one before too i'll have to grab that one next time i'm doing margaritas because like half the time it's like those frozen buckets or it's just the you know the fridays and mcthirth and stuff like that and they're all made by jose cuervo or whoever else makes shitty vodka uh, or tequila <laughs> yeah, that's not it can't be too bad then <laughs> i i have history with cuervo i can't do that Oh, the, the only the only time I really remember having decent amounts of tequila was at a wedding, and it was pretty much like a few shots, and that was it. Beyond that, I've never bought tequila. Um, in fact, that may have been the last time I've had tequila, and that was probably a good 10, 15. Well, actually, no, that was at least 15 years ago. So probably not going to be doing that anytime. The only time. tequila I got into was Patron's good. It's just too goddamn expensive. Yeah. That, that like oh, I was talking about with stock in a bar. I mean, it, if you want to stock a good bar, it's it's going to cost you a fortune to do it. I mean, even if even if you go kind of, you know, you're not going necessarily top shelf. If you're going mid shelf level, it's still going to cost you a fortune just to get all those different components of everything. I mean, like I've, I've never like I've at any t- at any given time in my house, I've probably had no more than five different bottles of liquor and at least one of them was some variation of pucker at some point <laughs> that's good for jello shots at least uh, let's see what else i got here um i'll kill off this story that i started out last week before cornex uh disrupted everything this was the beer goggle study winning the ig nobel award 
The Ig Nobel Award, what they, um, what these awards are, they're a humorous, spoof-like version of their more sober cousins, the Nobel Prizes. And basically, winners have 60 seconds to make a speech to avoid being booed off the stage by an eight-year-old girl, which I think is a nice little touch to it. Um, let's see here. Titled Beauty is in the Eye of the Beer Holder, the team were awarded one of the 10 awards at a packed gala ceremony at Harvard University. So they're doing this at Harvard. They actually they actually take this seriously. Um, ugh. Okay, I'm not going to get into that. One of the awards had to do with penile amputation, so I'm not going to get into that today. That I'll leave that for another show. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, in the study, um, let's see. The co-authors of the alcohol attractiveness study, blah, 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 honored teams of work. In the study, people in a bar were asked how funny, original, and attractive they found themselves. The higher their blood alcohol level, the more attractive they thought they were. This uh, sounds like uh, one of the people we know on the uh, station here. Uh, The same effect was found for those who thought they had been drinking alcohol when, in fact, it was a non-alcoholic placebo drink. People have long observed that drunk people think others are more attractive, but ours is the first study to find that drinking makes people think they're more attractive themselves. I don't tend to think that when I'm drinking and completely drunk i know i'm a fucking mess the difference is that i don't care that i'm a fucking mess so uh, if you become drunk and think you're really attractive it might influence your thoughts and behavior towards others it illustrates that in human memory the link between alcohol and attractiveness is pretty strong um let's see judges were also asked to rate how attractive they thought the participants were the individuals who thought they were more attractive were not necessarily rated thus by the judges it's just an illusion in their mind although people may think they become more attractive when they become intoxicated other sober people don't think that and that was that was basically it with this one um a couple other things like i said i mentioned one of them here the penile amputation one i'm not going to get into the details of that but it went to uh, the president and state police of Belarus for making public applause illegal and having arrested a one-armed man for the offense. Oof, weird. They said their technique was not advised in cases where the penis had been partially eaten by a duck after amputation. What the fuck? Aye. Okay. Then something about snoozing cows. Um... Study about cows standing up or lying down was important to be able to detect health problems early on. So, I don't know. The Nobel Prize is now almost seem Well, I mean, look, fucking Obama won a Nobel Prize, so, I mean, that kind of tells you something there. Um, I think these are probably a little bit more fun. I mean, I'll post this image in the chat here to show... Uh, I mean, come on, they, 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 they dress up for these awards. So, you know, lo- looks like a much more lighthearted affair. Um, next article, Hops Shampoo. This isn't even really an article, but it's, uh, well, I could promo- promote a product here. Do you like the smell of hops? Uh, it's from Atlantic Farms. They have also have a whole line of hops lip balms, like double IPA, grapefruit, mint, etc. I've got a picture of the hop Shampoo here, which I will post in the chat for you guys. Uh, so Atlantic Farms Hops Shampoo. Hops supposedly has properties to aid in helping dry scalp and weathered skin, so it's good for you. They blended it with coconut and olive oils, which I suppose would also help with that. And their own proprietary blend of botanicals to give you a fresh and resinous full body and masculine smell. I never really thought of hops as masculine, but okay. Um, I would try this stuff, but um, 
if you want if you want to check this out, it's Atlantic Farms dot com slash product slash hops dash shampoo. If you go to Atlantic Farms or I'm sorry, Atlantic Farms dot com and you look up hop shampoo, you'll find it. I try it. Eight ounce bottle is twenty four bucks. Those are Avita prices and Avita is one of those things that I'll do maybe once a year, once every year and a half. I honestly can't pay 24 bucks for a shampoo that I may find kind of gross because I don't necessarily like the taste of hops. I don't like the aromas of certain hops. Uh, so that, that might not quite work with me. Um, and I guess I, I, I will actually, I'm actually going to get into lists. I'm going to get into at least one list today before I get into uh, the new beer releases and reveals for the week. Okay. Um, let's see, which one Which one is more fun? I think this one is more fun because I, I really just want to bitch about this one because it wouldn't work for me, so I'd rather just tear the shit out of the list. 13 Ways to Survive a Party Without Drinking. This doesn't sound fun at all. This sounds like a horrible idea, and I'm not going to go to a party if I can't drink. But these are ideas that have come from BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, the home of list after list after list, uh, supplying podcasts with uh, numerous materials of total randomness. And I don't know why they have an animated gif of Lindsay Lohan saying holla on here, but oh well. So number one on this list, get your drink yourself. Easy enough if you don't want to drink at a party, don't let someone get something for you. Okay, that's fine. It's also a good way to not get roofied at a party, I suppose. Um, And like they say in here, also unless this is a gathering of only people you know very well, always get your own drink 24-7 anyway. I've never been at a party where someone else has gotten me a drink anyway. And I don't know, maybe that just says something about my attractiveness, but maybe I just have always been one to get my own drink. Uh, Number two, when you do get something to drink at a party, put it in a cup that looks like everyone else's and save yourself more trouble. If one of your drunk friends sees you with some sort of abnormal or different or weird drinking device, they'll call it out and point and laugh at you. Just try to blend in as much as possible. Well, honestly, if they're really drunk, I don't think they're going to give a shit what you're drinking out of because they're drunk and they're going to have more pressing matters as to, um, does my dancing look awesome or can I puke into that plant and, uh, why does that dog look like a cat? You know, any number of things like that. Uh, number three, bring your own mixers. It's both polite to the host of the party and it makes sure you'll have something special to drink. Uh, some people only drink water at a party. That's perfectly fine and very healthy. But what if you want to enjoy some Sprite or cranberry juice without feeling guilty that you're stealing it from the, quote, real party goers? Bring it yourself. Bonus points if you bring it, hide it somewhere, take home the leftovers, and no one's the wiser. <sighs> it, hiding it's kind of a dickish move. And... <sighs> You know what, I, I, I could see that, I what I could see happening, I've seen this happen at parties before with mixers, be it a soda, a juice, whatever. By the end of the night, someone has decided to actually stop drinking and has just grabbed the juice or soda or whatever and is just chugging from it. You know, eh. so hiding it, dickish move, 
bringing it, it's going to get chugged. So I guess you might have to go with the dickish move to just hide it. Uh, number four, don't announce the fact that you're not drinking to the entire party. Okay, that that is a stupid thing. Unless, well, you know, if if you're if you're going to a party like that, I was going to say, if you're an AA or something, you know, you got a you know two year chip or whatever. You're probably not going to be going to a party like that anyway because you don't want to expose yourself to something like that. But why would you announce the fact that you're drinking to not drinking to the entire party? That I don't understand in the first place. I mean, if someone offers you a drink, you're just like, nah, I'm good right now. I might get something later. Oh, okay, fine. Ah, And then run off and play beer pong or whatever. In the article here, it says, first of all, deep down, no one cares. And it's true. If I'm at a party and someone is not drinking, it doesn't fucking bother me. It means more drinks for me. So I don't really give a shit about it. It means it's somebody I'm not going to be fighting for that last beer, somebody I'm not going to be fighting for that last shot of vodka, whatever it is. Uh, Secondly, whether you're choosing not to drink for this one time or if you habitually abstain from the activity, there's no need to broadcast what's up. Just keep it to yourself and no one gets hurt. Uh, Number five, host the party yourself so you can make a really fun non-alcoholic beverage. (sighs) Let me read from the article here first. Think of all the fruity lemonades or delicious sodas you can make that taste super uh, with zero alcohol. Keeping the party at your place is one of the easiest ways to make sure your needs are taken care of. The problem with that is, imagine you put that fruity lemonade or delicious soda or whatever into a punch bowl. And someone decides to spike said punch bowl. Then you're fucked. And wow, I just realized that uh, one of the gifts up here is a cat and a slow loris. I think it's a, or no, I'm sorry, not a slow Loris. That's a sloth. So equally creepy. Uh, number six, if you do host the party, make the focus of it something other than drink until you hate yourself. Well, what's the fucking point of drinking otherwise then? I mean, come on. I, most of the time, if I'm, if I'm drinking decent amounts, I am drinking, well, I'm drinking to forget that I hate myself. And then I'm fine, but then I get to that point where I remember that I hate myself again. So I don't think that's technically drinking until I hate myself. I don't know. It's semantics there. Uh, Movie nights, board game nights, murder mysteries, there are a million other things to do at parties that are not drinking. Tell people it's BYOB. Okay, that's a good idea. They can drink if they want, but there's plenty of other things to do that people won't have to feel like they have to be drunk in order to accomplish. They won't even care that you're not drinking. Okay, and... Yeah, I, I can't rip this one apart too much. That's that's a fair point. Um, the last New Year's party that I went to, which was was I don't I wasn't even married yet. I don't think so. At least well, it was like seven eight years ago. At least um, there we were. You know, we were playing like board. I think we were like playing categories and shit like that. We were still drinking too. This was before I really 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 got into beer, but. It was a good time, and honestly, I think some board games and stuff like that are made a little bit more amusing with a few drinks in you, but it's not necessary. Um, Monopoly is probably a bad game to play if you've been drinking a lot, because there may be a homicide at the end of it. Just that I mean, Monopoly is rough during the best of nights, but when you add liquor in the mix, that could be a problem. Uh, number seven... Is there a beer pong room slash basement? Then do not go into the beer pong room slash basement. Um, 
well, of course, most places that most parties that I've been to that had a beer pong table, it was right in the middle of fucking everything. So you can't avoid that. Uh, and, and basically they're saying avoid the temptation. There's a reason there are specific rooms for, for specific drinking. It should stay in that room. They're thinking it's in a completely different room, but again, not my experience. It's been somewhere in the middle of fucking everything. So you can get a big crowd around it. Uh, number eight, maybe you have a really convincing headache slash tired face and now is the time to use it. So what if people already use the old, I have a headache or I've got an early day tomorrow or I need to catch up on rest excuses to get out of a party. All of those can be very legitimate reasons for not chugging anything ever. It doesn't mean you have to leave earlier than you normally would. It just means people should understand why you're taking it easy. See, you know what? If I, if I'm going to say I have an early day tomorrow, I'm still going to drink. I'm just going to drink not as much. Simple as that. Um, if I was going to drink a six pack, <laughs> if I was going to drink a, <laughs> I'm like actually going back to the chat now, uh, dark side saying this list is based on the idea that you're a pussy and can't say no. Well, you know, poss- possibly with me. <laughs> um, oh shit. Where's my tab? Okay. Um, wow. Okay. If I'm at a party or I'm at somewhere where I'm drinking or whatever, I'm not going to say, eh, I got to be up early, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I shouldn't drink. No, I'm just not going to drink much. Uh, I will have a couple beers, you know, enough to get buzzed. Basically, if, if I have an early day the next day, I'll drink, but not so much that I can't drive home. And I'm not saying not so much that I'm not, you know, I'm not weaving around the road or whatever. But no, little buzz, little buzz comes off. I can drive home okay. That's fine. Uh, number nine, and this baffles me. I guess, I guess drunk people may fall for this. Take a permanent marker and write hard on the label of anything you're drinking. Now you can enjoy an Arizona hard iced tea, a Mott's hard apple juice, or refreshing hard yoohoo, which actually a hard yoohoo sounds pretty good. Um, I know they have like chocolate milk vodka and shit like that. Um, or fuck. Oh, goddamn. I'm forgetting the name of it now. It's um, Chocovine. It's like that chocolate wine. And I fucking love that stuff and I haven't had it in so long. And oh, I had almost forgotten about it and now I want some. Uh, besides, if people are drunk enough, like I said, they won't even notice that you're not drinking. Then you don't need to write hard on the label either. Because then they'll be like, oh, hey, do you have hard written anywhere else? <laughs> and then they'll try and rape you. Number 10, give yourself a curfew create a maximum amount of time that you want to spend at the party and stick to it. Staying until 4 a.m. may not be the smartest idea because the longer you stay, the more opportunity you have to get bored and start drinking. Set a responsibility timer and follow it. Well, you know what? If you're staying at a party till 4 a.m., you're probably there till 4 a.m. because you've been drinking. If I'm at a party and not drinking, I'm probably out of there by 10 or 11 at the latest. Um, number 11, bring a buddy who also won't be drinking that night. The, the buddy system works for a reason. It's make sure it's someone you can trust and you two can take the night by storm. There's safety and power in numbers or you two will end up being the DDs for everybody else. I used to be there before I turned into a complete drunk. Number 12, try focusing on the conversation instead. Everyone hates making small talk, but that's okay because everyone hates it. No, some people actually like it as I've found with people at work and I fucking hate the small talk. If you're a more outgoing person, use this party to meet new people and really start to get to know them. If you're more on the quiet side, stick to the people you already know and use this opportunity to find out facts that you didn't already know about them. See, I'm a quiet person, and that's why I drink. 
because then I actually open up at parties. See, if I had drank more at the MLR live event, Royce wouldn't have said that I was so quiet. But, you know, they, they didn't have great beers there, so couldn't really do anything about that. And the last one was number 13, snacks. There's this glorious thing called snacks. Most good parties will actually have something to nosh on, whether it be chips or veggies or actual real catered-type fancy food. Stick around the food. People will need to refuel their drunken bodies, so you'll still get to talk to people. Plus, if you make a dish and bring it to the party, it's a great way to introduce yourself to all the people who eat it. Yeah, People get messy when they eat, when they're drunk. They're just going to shove their hands and stuff. Don't make a nice dish, because they're just gonna, if you make a casserole, they're going to shove their hand in it and fuck it all up and... Eh, so not, eh, mm, I don't know. I, if I'm going to go to a party, I'm going to drink that simple as that. And if I'm going to go to a party and, you know, have no intention of drinking, it's probably going to be that kind of party. Um, so, you know what? I only got a few minutes left, so I might as well get into the new beer releases and reveals really quick here. Uh, Alma gangs, game of Thrones, take the black stout. I know uh, a lot of you are game of Thrones fans. I will admit that I've only seen a few episodes of the show, and, uh, well, my wife watches, but I just, I haven't gotten around to it. So, take the black stout, uh, apparently take the black is a phrase used by the men of the Night's Watch in Game of Thrones. It's the second Game of Thrones-inspired beer from Amagang. It's a 7% alcohol stout. As the label states, a stout as dark as the winters that once engulfed Westeros, as robust as the men who swear their oaths on the weirwood tree, uh, and on the label, I don't know if you guys can see it in the chat, but there is actually misspelled in the label online, so I'm wondering if that'll make for collectible variants for beer collectors. Uh, chocolate and caramel sweetness are balanced by hop bitterness, roasty woodsy notes, and an earthy finish. Pour slowly to not disturb yeast sediment, but with vigor to make a luxurious head and free the bouquet. Uh, we got state-by-state release dates for this one, so that's kind of a little bit of a different thing. I'll post this in the chat, too, and I'll probably post this in the uh, on the... Facebook page or something, too. Um, a few notable stuff. Um, New York State has multiple release dates, depending on city. In New Jersey, this one's coming out uh, October 1st uh, for our Florida listeners. Uh, September 17th, so it, it is already out. Um, let me get to the next one here. Let's see here. Um, I was trying to figure out what I got here. Um... Okay. Uh, okay. Got a couple more here for you. Uh, Red Hook Winter Hook Seasonal. I've, I've enjoyed the Red Hook beers that I've had before. Uh, I think I have artwork for this one. Close up. Too many fucking tabs. I like this one because it, it gives that appearance of a like winter sweater. Ooh, sweater? Oh, fucking hell. Winter sweater. I almost did it again. Winter sweater. God damn it. This is their popular seasonal from Red Hook. This year actually marks the 29th consecutive release of it. They do a new recipe every year. So obviously they've been doing this almost as long, well, not quite as long, five years fewer than I've been alive. Um, do the math, people. 6% alcohol by volume, English strong ale brewed for drinking by the fire, uh, dark and rich with roasted notes, rye malt, and centennial hops, spiciness, balance, and initial malty sweetness with plenty of hop aroma on the warm finish. Accompanying the release is the UG or FUG Ugly Sweater Contest on Facebook. It's beginning in November, so can't do anything about it now. But you can enter and vote on the most visually repellent holiday sweaters at facebook.com slash redhookalebrewery. The winning sweater will be featured at Red Hook Brewery, and its owner gets a $500 bar tab. 
This one I am excited about, and I definitely wanted to talk about it this week really quick. You guys know Wells Banana Bread Beer. This is a new one from them. It's been over in the UK, but it's coming over to the US. It's Wells Sticky Toffee Pudding Ale. It's going to be in 11.2 ounce bottles, 5.5% alcohol. Rival still to be determined when it's hitting over here. As described on the label, full of rich, sticky toffiness, the great British pudding in a glass. Given how much I enjoy the banana bread beer, I really want to try this one because they do hit their flavors right. I'm curious if Ashley from uh, Antisocial Gamer Radio has seen this or not. I don't know. Um, But this is one I definitely want to go for. And then last one here is from Terrapin Brewing. It's their white chocolate moo-hoo. I've had their regular moo-hoo before, which is a chocolate milk stout. Didn't really jump out at me too much. This one, I'll give it a try, though. Um, it's Like I said, it's a new take on their moo-hoo. Uh, milk stout with cocoa nibs and this time white chocolate instead of regular chocolate. 22-ounce bombers, 6.1% alcohol by volume. Arrival is to be determined. Uh, regular moo-hoo is still going to be released alongside this. Like I said, the regular Moohoo didn't really do a whole lot for me as a milk stout, but I'll see what this one does for me. Um, so that is basically the show tonight. Uh, check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alcohol by volume. Um, oh, of course, and go to the Facebook page, like the page, tell your and friends. And that Facebook page is Heil Photo Photography oh, yeah, at heilphoto.com. Like those pages. <laughs> Those are the ones you're talking about, right? Oh, 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 of course. (laughs) Yes, of course, there's that one too. But of course, there's also facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. So tell your friends. First, go to the photography one. Yeah, and tell all your friends to like that one. Tell all your friends to like that one first because that that one actually means money for Mitch, potentially. Money! (laughs) And of course, follow me on Twitter at EDICIUS at MLR underscore alcohol. And, um,. You can. You should probably follow Mitch too because he kind of you know saved the show for me today. Uh, at yeah, but I'm not going to say anything Woo! back to them. Oh well, yeah. I, I tweet you sometimes and you harass me. <laughs> I do, but I only talk to my friends. I don't talk to fans. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you can follow he him has anyway. No friends. <laughs> at Jim Heil on Twitter. Um, look me up on Untapped. Alcohol by volume, all one word. Follow at More Like Radio on Twitter. Coming up next, Unsigned Hype, followed by Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week. Thank you again, Mitch, for saving me. Alcohol by volume! Woohoo! Thanks, Sherry. I will see you guys next week. <laughs>